This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. How are you today? So happy to be communicating with you. Oh, man. Let's talk about communication even more. <laughs> let's communicate about the communicating. Meta, you know, they call that meta communication. Meta we communication. are communicating about communicating. Wow. Whoa. Today's episode is all about communication in your relationships and where you might be getting stuck. But before we get started on that, um, we have a great, we asked a bunch of people, send us different ways for intros because we're awkward and weird. And um, amazing listener, Abby, wrote in, what's your favorite thing about each other? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. I I'm feel like thirsty. Talk- <laughs> I feel like we've said, we talk about this all the time. But my favorite thing about you is how open you are to like other people all the time. And I know that sometimes hurts you in ways, <laughs> you know, so like, I don't, yeah, I, love that I, about I think that I'm trying too. to, I'm trying, you know, you know, I think, but, but it's a quality that you have that I, I partly wish like I was able to embody within myself. And so just, I very much value that in you because it's something that 
once again, I wish I had. I just I just very much appreciate that about you. I know that other people do too. Obviously, I'll help you on the boundary end of things, but I love that about you. And I also love how hilarious you are. <laughs> My favorite thing I'm proud of. Wow, Abby, I really like this one because it got to start out with me getting a bunch of compliments. Right. And I Something really like that. <laughs> no, Jen, I think the thing is, you might not be open to other people, which sometimes I think is a very good thing. But what is so special about Jen is she makes everyone feel like home. Aww. Because, yeah, I think because you are so safe, you have learned how to take care of yourself so well. It feels like there's room for other people. And I think the reason that so many people want to be close to you is because I think you feel like home, like a healthy non-toxic chaotic home what most of us want our homes to be like that is really nice thank you oh this was a lovely intro yeah this one's fun let's just keep doing this let's just be nice things connected to each other that is really nice i keep saying to em you know for our 10-year anniversary for the therapy group we are going to use all of our credit card points and go on a, a quick vacation with each other we've been talking about this for the past five years we've never used a single credit card because we, we don't go on vacation and we, we, we don't keep... ever leave the philadelphia area and I'm just so excited for that trip. And it made me think because we're so connected right now. We're going to be so connected on that trip. We were like, we just want to lay on a beach. Yes. But we said that the first rule of the trip is the first day nobody speaks. Right. Yes. We don't we have like, to talk we need to a each day. other. We're not going to talk at all. Yes. That's not going to happen. Probably not. But I, I think we could get the first 15 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> you think you have 15? Not. No chance. No, you know, I, this is total non sequitur, but I was talking to my husband because I watch a lot of true crime. Yes, you do. And um, we were talking about like, how long would it take you to like call the cops and determine that like I'm a missing person? Oh, good question. Isn't that a good question? And I was thinking about you because we literally <laughs> talk constantly. <laughs> if Bill called me and I hadn't talked to you yeah, for and 28 then, minutes. <laughs> missing person yeah you were part of our conversation because he was like so if you said you're gonna be home and you you didn't call or you weren't answering i would call emily obviously <laughs> because you guys talk constantly yes um, we're always connected right so like my question for you is like how long would it take you to report me as a missing person 23 minutes because i always talk to you every 20 I know. Let me think. Only three, what only you- <laughs> three minutes of me not answering. Or be emergency! Be by the phone. <laughs> emergency! I'm in the police station. I'm right. wreaking havoc. I am smashing my fist on the table. They're like, how long has it been? You're like, it's been three minutes. <laughs> You're like, here's the situation. Though we talk every two. <laughs> So now I know something's wrong. Wow, that's a great point. Because like I, I feel like it's easy for me to go missing in action. <laughs> like I love to totally. wait for me. Like I'm like, oh, okay, bye. Because also I would assume you're either with Millie. Yeah. Or you're chatting it up with someone. I'm chatting it up. Usually I'm chatting it up. You're chatting it Maybe up. Maybe one with of someone. Millie's teachers, like I'm like hanging. Sub, that she's hanging. And so probably like if if all I didn't talk to you all day. That would be so weird. 
it would be so and I was reaching out. I'd be like, things are happening with the business. Like, can we talk about this? Blah, blah, blah. And you weren't responding to me. OK, but when you were out of commission from a kidney stone, I was on the I, phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a few hours where you were sleeping. That That's I wasn't true. here. You were going in and out of sleep a lot. But you knew. I also figured if you weren't answering, maybe you actually just finally went to the fucking ER. <laughs> right, I didn't. <laughs> and then when I didn't hear from you at night, I texted Bill the next morning. Yeah, that was so nice. Because you had texted me at one. I woke up at six. I didn't, there wasn't like, it just like, I have kidney stones. That was it. It wasn't like, and I'm leaving the hospital. Right. It's just an I have kidney stones. And say what you said to Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. I, I just texted Bill and was like, hey, don't let Jen work today. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Bill, whatever you do, take her laptop from her. Don't let her work today. She, like, needs to take care of her body. I was really and trying. Bill responded <laughs> with, a, with a gif, a gif, we've never figured this out, of Rocky running through the Italian market. And it just says, do you need a therapist? I'm, I'm hired. <laughs> like, he would come and replace you as a clinician. Yeah, yeah, no. Totally. One, I, I think, think he's confused by what he, you do for most of your day. One million Nazi percent. clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. He's definitely confused. And that's okay. He's also confused about, you know, what it takes to become a therapist. Phil always thinks he should be a therapist. He is always trying to get hired by the therapy group. It's because I've been giving him sneaky, sneaky therapy, therapy for years and years and years. So basically, he's trained, lightly trained. He's trained. Light, light, a light training. A diet a light training. Tra- a d- um, the splendid training. But <laughs> the thing... Training. The thing about that is, though, he would be a horrific therapist. Horrible. Terrible. He would really be the worst. Poor. Like, when we did that episode about, like, therapy and they talked about, like, bad shit therapists have said, like, Bill, like, a client of Bill's would be like, he just told me to get over it. Yes. Or I'm overreacting. <laughs> He'd be like, ah, next. <laughs> or what his favorite thing to say is us is, why are you guys being like this? Yeah. We're like, <laughs> we're like what do you mean? Why, oh, why are you thinking? He, he is dying to come on the podcast. He's dying to come on the podcast. Dying. I won't he him. would actually probably be really funny. Okay, so maybe we'll bring him on. Like, maybe we should let Bill call the podcast. He, he has some shit to talk about. He has some serious shit to talk about. He would have a great episode, actually. You okay. would hate it. I would die. You would be freaking the fuck out. Maybe yeah. just Bill and I do the episode. And I'll just, should I just not be there at all? Wow. Yeah. I would still die. No, you because you couldn't give up the control of not yes, being able to manage such, what he says. I have such control. <laughs> I can't. I can't. But maybe. Okay, maybe we'll put out a poll and see if people yeah, are interested. It's a great idea. But it's funny to talk about because in many relationships, we have lots of different types of communication. And let's talk about communication and relationships. Ah, so so good. general question that people wrote in is, how do I get better at communicating? Like that question was essentially rewritten 500 times with different ways of um, asking this question. And the reality is, is that we don't get better at communicating without communicating. The only way we get better at anything is trying to do something different and trying different stuff. And I think we have this idea that we're going to get better in the moments, right? So the immediate reaction of a response. The thing is, is that usually the way we get better at communicating is when we come back three days later and we think, hey, I've really thought about what you said a lot and it hasn't been sitting well with me. And typically, if you're still thinking about interaction, it means that there's some processing to do around it. Yeah. 
I I would also want you to ask yourself, like, what are your pain points specifically with communicating? Like, are you someone who is reactive? Are you yelling? Are you shutting down? Are you, you know, everyone is different with their struggles with communication. Typically, these develop from early childhood and we bring them into adulthood but I would want to know specifically what makes it difficult for you to communicate. Um, you know, I think sometimes in communicating, if you're someone who maybe shuts down or holds things in, you in the moment may have a hard time articulating yourself or feeling like you can articulate yourself in a way that keeps you from being emotional. And that's okay. So I would just want to first identify what specifically you struggle with in communication. And then I would want you to ask yourself, what would it take to work on this? What does this look like to work on this? Um, Does it mean, you know, if I'm yelling, you know, and trying to communicate, if I'm too reactive, then does that mean I need to take a time out when I'm starting to feel myself get reactive? What does it feel like in my body when I'm starting to get reactive? How can I start to self-soothe? If you're someone who shuts down, to ask yourself, what do I need in those moments when I shut down to bring myself back into the conversation? So I think the first step to figuring out how to work on your communication is to figure out what your pain points are in the communication specifically. Yeah. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? (laughs) It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. 
Prose is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. How to leave space for your quiet partner to speak more, I lead every serious conversation. So there's quite a few people that wrote in basically about being the um, the external processor or the over-processor, aka the Emily. And sometimes we talk about, a lot of people wrote in, we're going to use the term unbridled self-expression. I over-express myself. I over-talk. Um, somebody else wrote in and said, I'm an open book. My husband is not. He likes to process in silence and I need a play-by-play. I think the thing is, is when you are someone who is such um, an outward expression person and processor and you have some of this unbridled self-expression, you think you need it, right? This person said, I need a play-by-play. You don't need, right? That's what feels comfortable. But I would ask yourself, is it actually doing what you think that it's doing the same thing with people that do all internal processing do you actually need that or do you have to try something a little bit different because typically the thing i always do it's not like i'm the right one and you're the wrong one it usually means both of us needs to creep a little bit more towards the middle yes i think something too if you're someone who processes out loud um if you feel that your partner's shutting down, I think that a knee-jerk reaction is to talk more, right? Like if maybe if I say the right thing, my partner's going to come out of their shell. Maybe yes. they're going to start expressing themselves. Or I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get or, out um, this thing. Right. It's going to make I'm me feel better. better. And, but the thing that I would suggest that you work on is instead of talking at your partner, see if you can start asking them questions right? Try to slow yourself down and start to ask them questions like, hey, this is how I was feeling about this. I'm wondering, how are you feeling about this? Like, what's going on for you? Or like, what was this experience like for you? And that can come from your curiosity. And I think that we, especially if you're someone who's processing externally, the assumption is that, okay, my part, if I do this, my partner's going to be able to model this. Like, why can't they just do this, right? If you're someone who processes internally, to have the space to be able to express yourself and have someone ask you questions is so incredibly helpful. It, it really helps you to be able to get out of your shell. And I would also encourage you, if you're someone who processes externally, to really slow yourself down because your partner shutting down is not a message that they don't care about you or they don't have anything to say. It's that they're not used to processing things out loud. And if you give them space and slow yourself down um, 
and really sit with what they're saying, it's going to be more and more comfortable for them to be able to communicate with you. So your challenge as the external processor is going to be slowing yourself down and giving your partner space when they actually are expressing themselves and being curious and asking them questions. And for the for the person, the external presser, you might have to actually talk yourself down and say to yourself, stop talking, stop talking yourself, because it's so impulsive. Yes. That you're just like, blah, 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 and you're just like, we're vomiting. And then it feels like you just have to keep going because you just have to get out. You have to get out because you're so actually uncomfortable in the situation. So you may have to like take your hands, sit on them and say to yourself, like, hold your fucking mouth shut. Like talk yourself through that process. Yeah. I have a family friends that like some of my parents' best friends, they had twin girls. And the one girl was such a talker and the other girl was super, super quiet twins. And the quiet one started just talking to the twin. And so the sister communicated everything for her. And although it got the needs met, she got the dinner she wanted or the clothes she wanted or whatever, it did not help with having her have any external relationships. And so also by us over-speaking and over-functioning and over-compensating, it doesn't allow somebody else to have space to communicate. If I talk nonstop, nobody else gets a word in. Absolutely. <laughs> I was, I was, was stopping. That was me getting a word in. I was looking at the questions. So, you were like giving yourself your own therapy in those moments. I was like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> And you're like, I don't care. Let Emily talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, thing. please keep because going. The, the less talker actually wants the other person to keep going because they don't really want to do it either. Well, well, you're right. Let me ask you a question because obviously I'm the internal processor. Yes. As you were saying, that twin story was bringing up for me. Like my brother was always the talker, you know, and he was always the one expressing himself. He, you know, it was like important to him. Yeah. And for me, I loved it. Right. I thought he was hilarious. I was just enjoying, you know, I was just observing. I always took the observant role. So that was going to be my question for you is like, how did, do you have a sense of like how that developed for you being more of like the external processor? Yeah. My brother could keep everything inside and then, then he blows up. Oh, so he really held things in. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think he didn't have the skills younger. I mean, he's also a socialized man, right? Like, so like the reality is. Although your brother, your your brother's socialized man. Yeah, but my brother's a different. Yeah, he really breed. is. He's <laughs> he a different really breed. Is. I know. I He's know. like, uh, um, I uh, don't understand. Yeah, me. Yeah, but not the same. So I feel like my brother. Yeah, I mean, I was a talker. Like I remember being like a younger kid, and him be like, you remember you to like you know actually order pizza on the phone on a Friday night, yes. and he would be my mom be like, oh wait, we can order like Domino's or whatever tonight, and my brother would be like, okay, Emily's gonna Emily's gonna call. Wow, and like my brother would like make me call for him. Wow. Yes, that's really interesting. Oh, yeah, good to know. it's so interesting. It's so interesting that it, like it came from our siblings. It comes from your siblings sometimes. I wow. do. I think there's really something to that, and and then I think for a lot of people. If you grew up in a home where there wasn't space for you to talk, it can feel really uncomfortable or it feels like you can never stop talking because you never had enough. Right. And so I think it can play out in a few different ways. Absolutely.
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Okay, wait, I have one for you that I think is very important. Okay, tell me. How to learn to identify and work through the emotions. Sometimes I just don't know. But I think that that is another thing is that sometimes if we don't know what we're feeling, we just keep talking and talking and talking, hoping we're going to get there. Yeah. And then that just makes us get farther away from the feeling. Yeah. I would work on this skill outside of your communication with your partner and your relationship. It's possible that you have learned to focus more on other people's feelings or that your feelings don't matter or you have learned in some way to separate yourself from your own emotions or you didn't have the language to figure out what you were actually feeling. This is a skill that will transform your life in so many ways. And it sounds so simple, but it's really not, especially if you haven't learned the language for it. So I legitimately would Google a feelings wheel, print that feelings wheel out. Actually, Emily got these cool ass feelings wheel stickers that I'll she they're put on her computer. They're from Etsy. Maybe they we should post them. Yeah, Let's I'll, I'll post a link. small yes. business. Yeah, I'll post a link. But 
any time, and, and it's possible that you notice other things first. Like you might notice tightness in your body. You might notice yourself like getting tired. Like you might notice like physical sensations first, or you might see your reaction first, right? Where like you're getting anxious or you're getting angry or, and so anytime that happens, not just in your relationship, anytime, right? Like where if you're driving and you're anxious about being late, whatever it is, what is underneath that anxiety? What's the emotion that's coming up for me? Look at your feelings wheel. If you're not driving, obviously, that's a safety hazard. But look at your feelings wheel to really figure out what you're feeling. Because if you can name it, you can tame it. My new tattoo I'm going to get. Yes. Yep. I think that is. <laughs> um, so that's really important. So that's the first step is this is a learned skill, a practice I want you to do outside of your conversations. Then you're going to start bringing them into your communication because it is much harder to identify what you're feeling when you are in the thick of an argument. Oh, I thought right? of a good one. Tell me. If you can identify, you can let it fly. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I I think, you know, I think we could come up with a bunch of rhymes. Who doesn't love rhyming? I love a rhyme. <laughs> it's, it makes it so much easier to remember things. <laughs> so remember this. If you can name it, you can take it. If you can identify, you can let it fly. Wow. That is so good, Em. And that tattoo will have a bird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great I idea. I just emailed my tattoo artist last night for three new tattoos. Oh, my God. Where are you getting them? Finish your sleeve. One, I'm gonna finish my sleeve. One is I'm, I'm, I'll post when I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Okay, don't tell me. Because what if I don't end up getting them? You know what I mean? Like last right, time for right, what I right. went for, I ended up with something different. So like I don't really yeah. know. And people are gonna ideas. be like, "How dare you lie? She lied <laughs> about her potential tattoo." You right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Which is a great question because somebody <laughs> asked how to know the difference between being honest and being harsh. Wow. Right. The saying is honesty without tact is cruelty. So you can be honest, but people that are honest people, myself included, sometimes are assholes. Are you being mean? Are you being hurtful? Are you being callous? Right. And the thing is, is if I'm getting harsh, here's a good way to know if I'm being honest or being harsh. If I'm making it completely about the other person. It's harsh. Right. If I am talking about our relational interactions and improving that and some things that we both have a part in, that's honest. Yeah. This isn't. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep going. Because I was going to bring up another question. If I don't stop talking, there won't be space for you. Oh, my God. So sweet. (laughs) But you have important things to say. (laughs) (laughs) The question you just asked made me think of this question, too, and I think it's similar in a way, being assertive but not controlling how. And I just want to differentiate between being assertive and being controlling, where being assertive is communicating your needs and opinions and your boundaries confidently and respectfully and expressing yourself clearly and like maintaining open and honest communication, where controlling is more forceful it's manipulative it's dominating and it's and for one result you want one ending control is to get is one ending right 
is to control another person. And when you're controlling another person, there is no relational intimacy. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's an important thing to differentiate in your own behavior whether you are asserting your needs. And here's the thing. You can say, hey, this is really important to me in a relationship. You know, it's really important to me that, you know, I don't know, like come home and we like cook dinner together. That's one thing, right? To be like, this is, you know, it makes me feel connected to you. That would be assertive. Being controlling is like, you need to come home and cook dinner with me or I'm not talking to you the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Punishment afterwards. Punish. Right. There's a punishment. There's a the result that you want. Right. You're coercing the person into doing something to meet your needs. Yeah. It's different from just being open and communicative about your needs. Your partner still has, you know, autonomy and agency over the decisions that they make. Right. Where they can say, hey, listen, I had a really tough day. Like, I need to sit on it. I understand that's important to you. And that's something we can do in the future. Where you are expressing your needs, your partner's responding to your needs and saying, hey, maybe I can't meet them tonight, but I can meet them tomorrow night. It's very different than controlling someone. So I want to help, if you're listening to this, help you differentiate between the actions that might be controlling and then asserting your needs. Because asserting your needs is important, but to do it in a way that maintains connection and intimacy in the relationship is essential. Yeah. I think people ask, your partner doesn't work for you. <laughs> right. I think that's like an important thing for us to like put in our minds, right? Yes, that like yes. we work like together as a team. You are not their boss. And I think if you are the partner who's been the over-functioning partner or you take on a lot of the mental load, yeah. sometimes we can speak to our partner as if we are their boss, like delegating activities. And yes. that's not going to help. It might be that more shit gets done for like you know, the next week, it made me look like this small improvement, but like long term, that it's not going to do shit. Here's like a, like, just listen to the smallest shift in this communication. You ready? Yeah. yeah. Did you do the laundry? Did you do, did you do this? Did you do this? Can you do the laundry? Do you have space to do this? Do you, are you able to do this to help support me? Did you or do this is different than can you and do you have the space for this? You are leaving room for the other person. Something our couples therapist always does when, you know, inevitably my unbridled self-expression has to be um, just slightly altered. Um, uh, Whatever she like, sometimes I'll say something and she's like, all right, I'm going to rewrite that for you and you're going to say it again. And she always begins it with, hey, hon. In so this like great. delicate, like a little bit of a southern accent, she's like from I, she must be from down south, um, and she has a little bit of this like twang where she's like, "Hey, hun, can you throw a load of laundry in before you move on to your before you know whenever you have a moment today?" And that reading with curiosity and compassion and admiration. What would it be like to talk to your partner like you actually like them? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's a good, right? Like, as, if I, like, as opposed to like, well, did you do the laundry? Like I had asked you to do the laundry. And listen, and here's the thing. If you are feeling like that all the time. And so, and you know, somebody's listening to this and it's like, yeah, but that's the only thing that works. Yeah. If that is the only thing that works, there is larger issues here. Yes. And that's the thing is the majority of times we cannot tell you, we should fucking keep track of this for the next month. The amount of times that a couple comes into the practice, they're saying to work on communication. It is rarely about communication. 
but the communication gives us the insight into all the other dynamics that are happening. So if it feels like the only way to get your partner to be involved in something with your life is to force them to be or to make them to be or to control them to be, there's something else going on. Right. Maybe and you, you also feel... shouldn't have to do that. Right. Right. And underneath that, maybe you're feeling like, okay, my partner doesn't care about my needs or I'm not feeling cared about by my partner. Yeah. Right. I'm not feeling loved by my partner. And it's coming out in all these different ways. And it brings me to this question. Why do we have the same fight over and over? Starts with something and always ends the same. Because what you're fighting about is not really what you're fighting about. Ever. Ever. There is so much <laughs> underneath that. And what happens is that we end up process talking about the content of what's going on in the house and not the pro the process of how we talk about those things. And then what's underneath that content, right? Mm -hmm. Where underneath it is I'm not feeling cared about. I'm not feeling supported. I'm not feeling connected to you. Right. It is so much it feels so much safer to fight about the laundry or fight about whatever your schedules than to say even your hey, in-laws in your in-laws right then to say hey i'm i'm not feeling supported by you i'm not feeling cared about by you can we talk about ways in which we can come together on this right it doesn't feel it feels so vulnerable to do that and it feels so much easier to fight about the minutia of the day yeah and so that is why you keep having the same fight over and over again is because you're not getting down to the root of what is causing these fights. Yeah. And so in order to do that, I would ask yourself, you know, what's underneath the laundry? What are you what are you not feeling? How can you communicate that differently in a larger sense? Then through these tiny little fights throughout the day, how can you sit down together and have a real deep, honest, vulnerable conversation about that? Wait, do we talk about th that? Uh, the phrase I heard from Elemental about anger. Did we talk about this? I have no idea. Here's the thing. We talk all the time. So I don't know, I if you know. Talk to me about the podcast or but say it anyway. Well, there was a really People good phrase that I heard on this lovely Pixar movie um, <laughs> that was um, anger is things that are just weren't ready to be said yet. If it comes out in anger, it means that there was like, so for whatever reason, I wasn't ready to say it, but it just came out. Mm. And so a lot of times there's stuff we're not ready to say, but usually it's important that we say it. Yeah. And when we talk about ready, there's no perfect time to have hard conversations. There's better context to have it. There's better ways to have it. But I think sometimes things just have to get said and they're imperfect yeah. in a way. Yeah. But somebody asked a question that we have to address because we're therapists and we love communication, which is, can you over-communicate? At what point does it get unhealthy? Yes, you can. Yes. You're, yeah, there's lots of times. We can't just talk about, remember we talked about analysis paralysis on previous episodes? You just fucking talk about shit all the time. Yeah. There's, it's not enough action. Yes. At some point, we can sit here and talk shit on your, on, you know, your mother-in-law for the next 10 years, or you could say, I guess we have to find a different, better way to navigate this relationship. Yeah, And that often does not mean cutting someone off. It means, okay, let's you and I come up with a plan of how we support each other through those times, right? Like, And so uh, you can absolutely over-communicate. And usually if we're talking about the same things over and over again, we're not communicating effectively and we're just fixating on something else. 
Yes. And I, I, that's what I was going to say is like, what's the, to differentiate between like, is this over communication something that's actually productive for the relationship or is it a way that I'm trying to soothe my own anxiety or Mm -hmm. soothe my own pain and is communicating about it actually in the long run helping our relationship or is it self serving in some way because at a point right there are pieces of this where you can work on self-soothing yourself and as opposed to looking to the relationship to saying i have to keep talking about this so that i feel better right if you do action and you come to a conclusion and that follows through you know sometimes we talk about things over and over to make sure that it keeps happening to protect ourselves from something bad happening again um, but I think you have to ask yourself, at what point am I looking to soothe myself through communication in the relationship? And is it turning into more of a compulsion rather than something that's actually productive? Okay. One last thing to communicate on. Okay. I like this one. I want to talk about this one. I choose. I choose. I, I choose. choose. The difference between, quote unquote, nothing makes you happy and having your needs not met. So I think some people feel like they are bottomless if they ask Mm. for certain things. What do you think about that? Mm. Okay, honestly, I would ask yourself, is that true? (laughs) I mean, honestly, is it true? Is there, first, I want to say, is there something, are you really communicating? What's underneath those needs, right? I know I'm going back to the same conversation of like, you know, you might be communicating like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you? What's actually underneath all of those little things? Is there something bigger? Because if there's something bigger and that isn't being addressed, like that deep need and that is not being addressed within your relationship, then you're going to keep focusing on the tiny little things. And that might be why in your relationship, your partner's saying to you, well, nothing's making you happy because there's something deeper and bigger that isn't being addressed here. Um, and that deeper, bigger thing maybe is coming from your relationship or, or an end. Maybe it's coming from deeper wounds from childhood too that also need to be addressed. Yeah. So I think that there's a duality here of figuring out what are the things that can be met within my relationship? But I also think we have to understand that your partner cannot meet every single one of your needs. And I think that we really set ourselves up for failure when we say, when you get married or when you get into a series, your partner is supposed to complete you and meet every single one of your needs. <laughs> and in reality, <laughs> that is not true. The most important thing is that you know how to take care of yourself first so that you can communicate and express what you also need in the relationship. And so once again, it's hard to not have context in this sense because I would ask yourself, where is this coming from for me? Is there something deeper underneath the things that I'm asking of my partner? Um, Or on the flip side of things, your partner saying to you, nothing makes you happy is that also is that just an out for them? That's another option, right? Yeah. Where they're saying, "Well, oh, you're never happy. You don't, right? Is that a way to invalidate your emotions?" 
kids. Yeah. That is another option. If that feels like that's always happening, like, oh, well, you always say this. I never, you know, I'm doing so much for you. You never. And if it's a way to invalidate your emotions, then that's an, that's another conversation. Yeah. And so in that, what's underneath that, if your partner is always invalidating your emotions, the thing that you might be missing is that your emotional needs are not being met within the relationship. So there's so many different contexts and nuances to this. I think you can ask yourself some questions to figure out like, where is this coming from for me? Yeah. Are you ready for Dear Emma Jen? I'm ready. Dear Emma Jen, I'm a 37-year-old single mom. Last October, I had to move with my parents due to reasons out of my control with the house that I was renting. I was so nervous about dating and feeling embarrassed that I live with my parents. I've dated a handful of guys since then, and the ones I actually told didn't really seem to care. Until the last guy I went on two dates with, everything was going great, and then he texted me yesterday saying he's looking for someone with more independence. I feel crushed, embarrassed, ashamed, and defeated. Any advice to help me get through this hard time? As if a divorce and being a single mom isn't hard enough. Thank you. Mm. You know, you know, it's it's when you are struggling with your biggest insecurity and yeah. someone calls it out, it hits so hard, right? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like this incredible woman has is struggling with the fact that she's moved back with her parents. She's feeling embarrassed and insecure about it. And it sounds like for the most part, people are like, oh, it's no problem. But it's like you could have a, a hundred people saying you're so wonderful, you're so wonderful. But if they're, if one person calls out your biggest insecurity, it feels so unbelievably yeah. painful. And so my question is, why does this one person get to dictate how you feel about yourself? And my sense is that you are already feeling so insecure about this being in this place in your life. And so I would encourage you to have way more self-compassion and empathy towards yourself during this time. You said it yourself. I mean, being a single mom is so hard. And you said it yourself, this was out of your control. And I think there's, you know, we have this idea of like where we should be at this age and where what my life should look like. And when the reality doesn't match that, we place a lot of unnecessary judgments on ourselves and we forget to give ourselves the compassion and the understanding and the empathy that we really need at that time. So I would encourage this wonderful woman to work on her ability, your ability to give yourself more understanding, more self-compassion, and more love during this time. Because really, it, it isn't necessarily about this guy. It's about you. I have nothing to say. I think you were perfect. Okay, thank you. You just did the outro. No, I, I just think um, I want to hug this person a lot. Me too. And it sounds like you have done a tremendous job of navigating a life that maybe didn't turn out the way you had envisioned it would 10 years ago. And there is nothing fucking wrong with that. And let me be clear, there is nothing wrong with having people help you, whether it's yes. living with somebody, whether it's helping you with bills, whether it's helping you with childcare, it does not matter. We are allowed to have support in this life. And this idea that you should be overly fucking independent or everyone should be so independent that is some, 
That's some Western white bullshit, honestly. <laughs> that is, it's just, it, that just, it doesn't have to be like that. Everyone should deserve care and everyone should deserve that. And these things that you feel, I think they were already a part of your body yeah. and they came out big. Yeah. But I actually think it's amazing that you moved it. You got help with what you need to get right. help with. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Um, thank you for listening to today's episode of Shrink Shrinks. We hope we communicated well with you. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on YouTube at Shrink Chicks, on Instagram at Shrink Chicks, or the therapy group. Um, we have amazing merch at shrinkchicks.com. You can check out our wonderful Know Yourself for Yourself journal on Amazon. Um, uh, um, we would love to help you be matched with a therapist. If you were looking to restart your therapeutic journey, to begin your therapeutic journey, to switch over your therapy journey, wherever you are in your process, we would love to. We're in many, many states now. If you were interested in working with one of our clinicians, you can check out the therapygroup.com. Fill out a contact form. You'll be matched by Jen and I um, ourselves. It's what we do all day long and we love it so much. We believe in therapy. We believe in this work and we really believe in you. Um, have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll talk to you next week.